Listening to another exciting episode of Chewing the Scenery Horror Movie Podcast. It is a new year. Happy New Year from us to you. Um, we're a podcast where three friends get together and talk about a horror movie or several horror movies, which we will try not to spoil. We'll proceed that by talking about recently watched, which we will spoil. Did I just do that backward? No. Totally did it backward, didn't I? Yeah. We're going to talk about movie or movies, which we are going to spoil, and we're going to talk about recently watched, which we'll try not to spoil. And uh, with that being said, we're not professional critics. Duh. I think I just proved that out of the gate. And uh, <laughs> we thank the Moonrays for giving us that song, Intro Creature Features, at the top of the show. Find the music on Amazon or Apple Music, where you can buy it digitally, and say hello to them on Facebook, where they are, the Moon Dash Rays. And... Um, I'm going to take the uh, Etsy shop off of vacation. So if anyone wants to buy our coloring book, we three made a Plan 9 from Outer Space coloring book. You can go to the Screen Monsters, and that's screen as in movie screen, monsters as in monsters, um, Etsy shop, or go to Plan9ColoringBook.com and click through to shop. That's Plan, the number 9, ColoringBook.com. That's a bunch to say. And I said it again, uh, guys, um, <laughs> I mean, it's good to get it out of the way. I know. Uh, I'm Richard. I'm here with Jolien. Hello. And Will. Hello. <laughs> Expect Zoom delays, people, and maybe some distortion. Like one syllable words turn into seven syllable robot words. <laughs> it happens. It's Zoom. We're doing this virtually until it's safe to do otherwise. But uh, guys, recently watched. Who wants to start? I'll go. Do it. Uh, not much. Star Trek. What else did I watch? I think that's probably it. So which Star Trek are you on? Which series? We're on Deep Space Nine. Oh, that reminds me. There was a there was an episode about Roswell. Oh, nice. What? Uh, if you can tell me what what season, what episode, I would love to watch it because you know I, I nerd out. Uh, season four, episode ten, I believe. Okay. Around ten, I and mean, maybe nine, or you know. I'm writing it down. Yeah, it's called uh, "Little Green Men." Oh, of course it is. And Quark. I don't know if you know that character. Uh, yeah, he's, feel like he's I a Ferengi has big ears. Oh yeah, I know that guy. He and his uh, brother and nephew get sent back to 1947. You know, Futurama did that episode. It was called uh, Roswell that ends well. That's oh, a better name. It's a, it's a good. It's a good episode. <laughs> so, uh, how many episodes have you watched? Like a couple a day, or what? Yeah, we usually watch two a night, two or three a night. Um, you know, and then you hit like a 
a skit of them. I always joke that uh, you hit all, like a bad run. Like we, uh, I joke, you know. Uh, oh, I wait for I wait and wait and wait for my weekly sci-fi show. This would be if you were, you know, back when this thing aired in the uh, mid '90s. You know, you wait all week for your syndicated sci-fi show. You don't have. Uh, you don't have anything else. You don't have streaming, you know, something new. And then you get like Worf or, uh, I mean, Quark and his family arguing. So it's over some like family drama. Oh God. Uh, so it's like if you, or if you tuned in, if you were a foreigner and you tuned in to American television for some reason one day, you'd see two trolls arguing over who cleans <laughs> the apartment. Oh god! <laughs> <laughs> you would have no idea, you know. It's, it's the same. You you wait for your weekly sci-fi show, and then instead of getting like black holes and Dyson spheres and transporters and whatnot, clones and whatnot, you get again two trolls arguing over who cleans the apartment. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I've turned in quite it turned into quite the Star Trek fan. I'll I'll not call myself Trekkie, but uh but I'm I'm definitely much more of a fan than I was before. Uh I always kinda of watch Star Trek as I enjoyed it and I obviously kept going back to it. I watched quite a bit of them, although I didn't watch them repeatedly. Most of these are, you know, I'm rewatching them again for the first time they were in syndication um you know uh but yeah i I think i've I've become much more of a fan uh you know uh, i want to go to a convention now yeah i can see that and uh this really points out that we are very spoiled the last at least couple years if not a few more uh with not having to put up with appointment viewing as as it's called you know, wait, waiting, like yeah. you said, a whole week and then having some crap episode. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Be so mad. It happens. It happens because they'll have, you know, uh, to be continued episodes, which are usually quite good. You're like, ooh, I have to wait. You know, this would be a fun wait. Right. But if you just waited all week and then you've got some domestic drama or a involving cl- aliens. Or and, a clip uh, show. The worst thing on earth was you wait and you get a clip show. Clip show. Oh, thank God. I don't think Star Trek did but one clip show uh, very early on in the next generation because they had a writer's strike. Right. Uh, and still had to throw out one episode. Um, Do you remember that time Ross and Joey got <laughs> into the. <laughs> they got into man, the uh, transporter? The worst. Yeah. Got all about clip shows. Yeah, that's something we'll never have again. You know, I I hope you're right, but you know, I I hope so. You know, some limited series on HBO Max would be great. <laughs> they get to episode seven. You get, yeah, you have eight episodes, and episode seven's a clip show. Oh, you'd be so <laughs> mad. It'd be worse than just cutting out. A black a black screen at the end of your last episode. <laughs> <laughs> Spoilers for David, Sopranos. <laughs> David Chase, it's been 
25 years since The Sopranos ended. People need to get over it. Yeah. Uh, you know, David Chase, though, if you're out there, I want a clip show on whatever theories you're working on. Just throw it in there randomly. Right. <laughs> oh, God. Clip shows. I want two of the lesser actors reminiscing about the series. Yeah. <laughs> you, can, you know, oh, they couldn't get the whole crew that week. Right. Yeah, it's like uh, everyone left early or there was a fight or something. Yeah. So is that about it for your last week or so? Yeah, I think so. Good. Well, here we are in a brand new year, and uh, maybe we'll get to watch tons of oh, awesome stuff. I did watch something else. I, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, I watched Total Recall. Oh, yeah! Oh. Uh, fantastic. I haven't seen Total Recall in 25 years. Uh just like the end of The Sopranos. Uh, oh man, that movie is good. It, it is part of the uh, Verhoeven trilogy of RoboCop, Total Recall, and uh, Starship Troopers. Yeah. And Showgirls. <laughs> and Showgirls. Oh, I forgot. It's Quadrilogy. It's a Quadrilogy. Yeah, Showgirls is in there. That yeah. is fantastic. Yeah, she's a robot. So find the version with the animated clothes for the censorship mm, yeah oh man that is the best um i have to ask did did you watch this with your wife no she spent this was my new year's uh night viewing i believe right uh she spent or maybe it was the night after but she spent the night uh on zoom with friends oh okay i was just like total recall all right for some reason it had been mentioned earlier that day on a podcast I had listened to as kind of a throwaway joke. Something about Total Recall was, you know, mentioned. And I halfway thought, like, wow, Total Recall? I haven't thought of that movie in forever. I should watch it. But I'm guessing it's not on anything I have on the you know, umpteen services. It'll be, you know, fourteen ninety nine. buy it now. Uh, but no. It was right there on Netflix. Um, so the reason I asked that was because I mentioned it on a, a fairly recent episode about the woman at the reception desk at the uh, at the Total Recall place who touches her yeah. nails with the pen and they change color. Uh huh. And if we develop no other technology ever in the next hundred years, all women on planet Earth would probably be okay with it if they just developed that pen and those nails. <laughs> that was a horrible yeah. thing I just said. But it's true. So <laughs> I looked at it and I looked at it on uh, whatever it was available free and I was like, ooh, I should watch it. Um, Definitely. When, uh, when all the uh, air gets, or well, how, what's the scene? Arnold gets put outside the dome and his eyes start to pop yeah. out of his head, and you get that, oh, 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 oh. yeah, <laughs> that noise he makes is the best. Yeah, it's the best thing ever. When he he drops Michael Ironside off the elevator, well, he rips his arms off. But uh, <laughs> instead of saying something like "I've disarmed you," he just tells him, "See you at the party tonight, Richter." <laughs> That's right. Oh, God. Uh, Arnold is like, 
I, I love that movie, but he is so miscast in that part because it should be more of a sort of schlubby everyman. Yeah. Uh, Jim Belushi. Even if, even if you go with the, you know, uh, or if you go with the, oh, he really is a secret agent undercover, Arnold would never work undercover because he sticks out like a sore thumb. Right. Uh, you know, but at story-wise, it should be, it should be kind of a slubby everyman whose life's, yeah, it's okay, and he shouldn't be married to Sharon Stone, you know, maybe. Uh, but, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger just doesn't work in that plot, in that part, but he uh, he's uh, charismatic enough. Yeah. Even though he can barely speak English at times. Yeah. <laughs> uh, He's great when he is playing the bad guy, though, in the in the video playback in the movie uh, Hauser. Uh, it seems like he is more the real Arnold Schwarzenegger than than when he's playing a character. Yeah, which is kind of scary. <laughs> it really is because he's just this cigar chomping bad guy, right? On a video screen. But oh, God. Anyway. It's, it's really funny. This, oh, God, I hate to bring up height again in our show, but uh, I found out that he's not exceptionally tall. And they always, fil- oh, no. they always film him to look like a giant. So I think that he should do a movie with uh, Glenn Danzig and Henry Rollins where they go up against Tom Cruise. Oh, man. He be... would be a giant then. <laughs> well, I guess he would. <laughs> At least girth-wise. Um, was that it? Yeah, that's it. Jolien, you want to go next? Uh, well, on uh, New Year's Eve, we watched a bunch of the uh, firework displays around the world. Uh, you know, as they as they think the, uh, the Japanese one was the prettiest. Uh, the Dubai one had uh, kiss did you see that no Mm-mm. uh they did they did a show at the uh, atlantis hotel in dubai it's on uh, it's on youtube you should check it out yeah i'm gonna write um, that down and and then uh uh soul had uh, an amazing one they they didn't use fireworks they just used drones oh yeah so it's oh, just wow. uh, illuminated illuminated drones and they were just doing these animated animals like they did because it's the year of the bull they did this massive bull out of lights. Oh, wow. It's just drones. That is cool. That's incredible. Check that out. Um, yeah, it just looks, yeah, it just looks unreal because you've got these, these 3D shapes forming over, you know, downtown Seoul. And, uh, uh, and yeah, you, you're just trying to work out what you're seeing. Um, uh, finished up watching uh, the... Uh, Laurel and Hardy film as they had on TCM last month. Uh, there's one uh, called Blockheads from 1938. That's one of my favorite ones of their uh, feature films. Uh, you know, Harry O uh, from The Unholy Three and Free and such. Yeah. Uh, he, he turns up for one gag. Oh, really? Um, yeah. Uh, it's a film where uh, Ollie goes, uh, why didn't you tell me you had two legs? <laughs> but it, this one's like it, it, it's kind of 
it gets quite sick actually because like uh, it starts off with uh, Stan's left behind in the trenches in uh, in the the Great War, and uh, he's told to guard the trench, so he's still there twenty years later, yeah. and uh, he's uh, he's brought back and he's put in a veterans hospital, and uh, he's he's trying to relax and he uh, like tucks one of his legs under himself, and then Ollie turns up. And thinks, oh, his poor army buddy's lost one of his legs. So there's this whole running gag where uh, Ollie thinks he's lost his leg, but he hasn't. Um, and then uh, the original ending of it was uh, uh, they uh, their neighbor is this hunter guy, and uh, he thinks that they're having an affair with his wife. So he goes after them with his uh, elephant gun, uh, and. It, uh, the original ending was uh, they get their heads cut off and mounted on the wall. Oh, wow. And uh, Ollie goes, it's another fine mess you got me into. But, uh, th- yeah, they went with a different ending. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, uh, oh, uh, I've been watching uh, Alice in Borderland on your recommendation. I'm up to episode three now. Oh, okay. What do you think? So uh, I expect episode four. Episode four is going to be the uh, clip episode, isn't it? It's just half an hour of people's heads exploding and being shot with lasers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, but yeah, I'm really enjoying it. Uh, it's, uh, uh, yeah, it's a great set. Emily's interested in it, now, in it now, so she's watching it as we speak. Oh, good. Um, and then uh, New Year's Day, I did my usual thing of watching a in your top 10 favorite movies. So, uh, I, uh, I was given the, uh, criterion set of Bruce Lee for Christmas. And, uh, so I watched, uh, enter the dragon, the, the slightly extended version. Uh, so that, that was awesome. Wow. Um, enter the dragon, man. You can't go wrong with that. Yeah. <laughs> I was, I was this time. Yeah, you always see new stuff, right? I was thinking, uh, I wish, uh, uh, Angela Mao had been in the whole movie because she's awesome and she only has that one scene and then she gets killed off yeah uh, I wish she maybe if they swapped her with the woman who plays the secret agent who's embedded in the island and then Angela Mao can like spring into action at the end because it's kind of awkward uh, uh, they have that big fight at the end and uh, uh all the people who have been imprisoned on the island who are described as being like scumbags, they've pulled out the gutters, suddenly become these uh, fit and healthy warriors who are capable of taking on all of Han's men. Um, and you don't see how they actually get out of their prison. So uh, maybe you could have um, uh, the uh, Jim Kelly character not actually being killed and he's, he gets thrown in the prison with the rest of them. And then he gets, you know, he, he's able to break them out. But, uh, but anyway, um, that's always fun to watch. Uh, oh, and then, uh, I got, uh, uh, this Japanese movie from 1975. Uh, the Japanese title is Bakeneko Toroko Furo, which means, uh, like ghost cat, Turkish baths. Um, <laughs> The English title is Haunted Turkish Bathhouse. Um, so this is a crossover between the ghost cat movies, which they've done for decades and decades, where um, uh, a character, usually a woman, 
is killed and there's a somehow her vengeful spirit goes through this cat and then this that manifests this ghost cat that takes revenge and the the wrongdoers and this crosses over with this uh like um uh pink movie genre about the uh, turkish bars um so in japan's uh uh, about late about 1958, uh, prostitution was made illegal. So the uh, the actual wording was, uh, it's illegal to have paid sex between unacquainted people. So what all the uh, brothels did in the uh, in the you know Yoshiwara and all the entertainment districts, uh, where they they changed over and they said we are now Turkish bathhouses. So you go, you pay for a bath, and then you also pay another fee, and uh, you get extras uh, for uh, someone to have the bath with you and give you a massage, etc. Um, and this was uh, objected to by the Turkish embassy, etc. <laughs> and uh, so, so around the mid mid eighties, they had to stop describing them as Turkish baths. So then they became known as Soapland, but they pretty much did the same thing. Soapland. Um, so this is. Uh, Soapland, yeah. They had this national competition for what they should rename Turkish bathhouses. And one fellow came up with the uh, uh, name Soapland. Uh, he, he thought uh, soap sounded fun and clean and land made it sound like something like Disneyland. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah. And then the, the first, first prize was uh, a week's holiday in Hokkaido. But anyway... Um, <laughs> This is a crossover movie from the mid seventies. Uh, it's from the director of a uh, Sister Street Fighter series and uh, Wolf Guy and so on. So it's got some really crazy and it's really good looking visually. Um, and it's got Naomi Tani in it. She's in like tons of these uh, pink movies. Um, so in this case, uh, there's this woman who's working at a, a brothel and when in 1958 and they decided uh, then they, they're forced to turn into a Turkish bathhouse and uh, she wants to opt out she wants to go home and live you know get married with her lover and uh, he seems like a really nice guy but actually he's not he's actually a gangster uh, all these all these places are run by the gangsters and he's uh, his uh, he he's manipulating her into going back into the uh, bathhouse full time and uh, she's uh, uh, she ends up uh, getting uh, beaten to death and uh, but this is all witnessed by her cat and uh, and eventually she comes back as a ghost cat and takes uh, gory revenge um, so it, yeah it looks really good there's these really good images in it like uh, uh, the uh, the uh, the bad couple including this gangster guy uh they have to dispose of these various bodies they're knocking off, and at one point they they uh, uh, they wall up uh, a corpse in the in the wall of their warehouse. So it's similar to Edgar Allan Poe's Black Cat. Um, and then later, when the ghost cat starts turning up, uh, you see this plaster wall, and then this like blood seeps through it in a vaguely human shape, and then it cracks open, and then the uh, the ghost cat comes out. It's a really good image. Um, so anyway, that's the uh, that's the horror movie I watched uh, watched this week. 
That's great. So over to you. Well, um, as any um, longtime listeners might know, uh, New Year's Day, I, I steal a page from your book and I watch something excellent. And, or at least uh, that if I haven't seen it before, I will suppose it to be good. Or if it's something good, I will be watching it again. And I think I did enter the dragon last year. And I think I did the big Lebowski the year before, but I, I am, uh, I am enjoying this. The first thing you deliberately watch, the first movie you deliberately watch on new year's day being something good. So that being said, um, I had purchased a copy of, uh, as, as, as we Americans call it, uh, band of outsiders. And, uh, and I could butcher it trying to pronounce it in French, but uh, uh, a band aparte, or however they say, a, b- a band apart, which Quentin, Quentin Tarantino uh, actually has called his uh, production company that. So I thought that was pretty funny. Um, anyway, um, it was it was a really cool uh, it was a really cool movie to watch. Like I had bought this from Criterion, hadn't watched it yet. Um, and this is a 1964 French film for any listeners who aren't familiar. And I don't really know. It's based on a book called Fool's Gold, which I've not read. Uh, this is uh, uh, Jean Luc Godard uh, directed this. It stars uh, Anna Karina, Sammy Frey, and Claude uh, Bessier. And it's a really, it's a really funny heist movie. It's a kind of a dark comedy, I guess you could say. It's about, it's about two guys who think they're pretty sharp, who are a couple of boobs, who uh, take a young girl who they assume to be gullible, who's living in a situation where there's some money lying around, and they're going to try and get her in on the heist. And, uh... Some things go wrong. There's a double cross uh, without saying too much. You must watch this one. There's a narration over the top of parts of it that uh, this omniscient narrator kind of tells you some things you need to know. There's a dance scene in a cafe where the music cuts out and there's just <laughs> clapping and dancing and it's just surreal. It's right. it's just great. <laughs> I, I, I need to watch it again like soon because I feel like I thought I had seen this. I realized I had not. So I bought the thing. Let it sit for a few weeks or a couple months or however long it's been and finally said, all right, New Year's Day, this is the one. I, I know I watched eight and a half. That might've been last year. And then, and, and, uh, uh, enter the dragon might've been the year before. And Lebowski could have been the year before that. I don't know anymore. Like the years are blurring together, which tells you I'm getting old. Uh, <laughs> well, this one is such a good movie. Um, the Godard, uh, films of the sixties are just essential viewing for any film nerd. Uh, and when you feel like you didn't understand it, but you were so entertained by it and you need to see it again, to me, that's like the mark of a good art house film. Uh, I, I know what happened. I just don't know why they did it to you visually or story-wise. And, and it's great. Uh, mm-hmm. For no good reason at all, this jogged my memory about a Japanese film that I 
had borrowed from Netflix when you still used to get discs. So like 12, 14, 15 years ago. Jolene, are you familiar with the Japanese movie called Black Test Car? Yeah. Um, that one was bizarre and cool and intriguing. Uh, it's an action movie. It's an espionage movie. Uh, I kind of think I'm going to buy that one and watch it next time uh, we roll from an um, old year into a new year. So uh, that was I my... Think, uh, Go ahead. I think Arrow is bringing it out this year. Are they? Blu-ray. Wow. I'm, I think so. I'm writing that. Yeah, down. it's like pretty recent. Yeah. Um, that one was really interesting. That was about espionage within the auto industry. And... Uh, yeah. Uh, the... the uh, the newfound power of celebrity in Japan, if I remember right. There was the girl with the wonky teeth. <laughs> am I remembering the right movie? Am I am I conflating two? She was. Uh, I've not seen that for ages. Oh, okay. Well, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna grill you on like what happens in Black Test Car, but that was cool and it really stuck out in my memory because when I mailed it back, they said they didn't get it. So I had to go back and forth with Netflix back then oh. to say, no, no, I mailed it. So yeah, I think they give you, uh, well, back then they would give you a couple of uh, chances at um, things not showing up. Um, so I'm just going to run this down real quick so we could talk about our, uh, our best of the decade. I watched the entire nine episode series of The Vow, and this is about the Nexium cult uh, cults are really interesting to me for some reason. This came out in August of 2020, so it's new. Um, the guy, uh, who, who basically made this thing happen, Mark Vicente, uh, made a movie called What the Bleep Do We Know? Which a lot of people are familiar with. Well, yeah, he, uh, he joined this, uh, this group that was all about like personal empowerment and all this bullshit. It was a cult. You know, that's no spoiler to say this, this was completely bananas. And it, and of course the cult leader turned out to be like this, this, uh, little creepy troll that just wanted to have sex with all the women. And so he found a way to make that happen. Uh, so we watched uh, nine episodes of that. And, uh, I started watching breaking bad over again, having not watched it for a good handful of years. And I'm enjoying the rewatch. I'm on like epi I'm on uh, episode eleven of the second season at this point, and we're about to meet Gus Fring, who is this is no spoiler to tell you, but he is the the uh, uh, the the big the big dealer of the area of the entire region. He is kind of your go-to guy for the meth dealers, and he's very foreboding. He's very interesting. I watched some Bigfoot movie. I didn't even bother to write the title down. It was so disappointing. It was a bunch of hillbillies with some guy from Britain who <laughs> was, he couldn't have been more out of place with these idiots. And I don't believe anything that they said was happening was really happening. I think they were just a bunch of hoaxer idiots. And uh, there was a lot of just mean behavior and just, stupidity so ah, that was a waste of time but i to be honest with you i background watched it so i did 
work on some stuff while it was on. Um, and I watched some episodes of UFO hunters and that was it. So let's talk about the, uh, the best of the decade. Two th- All right. So, uh, January 1st, 2011 to December 31st, 2020. And the reason we're doing this, Jolien, I think you explained it well. It doesn't roll over to a new decade, just like it's not your first birthday the day you're born. It's your birthday. You turn one 365 days later. So it works the same way with decades, right? Is that, is that a good, concise way of saying it? Yeah, I think so. All right. So, Jolien, uh, Will... Did you guys kind of distill the? Your... Some countries they count. Uh, some countries count birth as one. Okay. Well, are they developed countries? Or are they just uh, culturally? Is that just a, a, a holdover from olden olden yeah. days? I can't can't remember. Is it China does that? Yeah, that would make sense. So um, we decided to wait a year where a lot of podcasts were like blowing the horn on this one about a year ago and saying best of the decade. But no, when you said it's not the change of the decade yet, you were right. And so we waited and here we are. So uh, did you guys distill this down to a a shorter list than uh, we, we all kind of took a peek at the Rotten Tomatoes 100 list or whatever it was? Yeah, let's see who who put this list together. I think it was Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, it's Rotten Tomatoes, but I was looking for perhaps a person's name. Oh, a human. Okay. Um, It doesn't look like it's it's attributed to any one person. But, uh, yeah, I thought we'd just kind of scroll through the list and maybe pick some of these out as... Uh, yes, I agree, or what the hell? How'd that get on any list other than the word? <laughs> yeah. um, I, I wrote out, uh, I, I got it down to a top 20. Oh, excellent. Yeah. Um, I've, I've got a definite top top two, but after that, it's kind of, into, you know, can change them around. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I, also, uh, I also wrote down, you know, where... Uh, sweeping statements about trends uh, that you can agree with or disagree with. Oh, okay. Good. Excellent. Um, Should we just each kind of... uh, Well, Will, you said it would be good to scroll through the list. Should we just sort of uh, tap the brakes when we hit one that we all sort of included on our list? Well, I think the first one for me uh, is going to be kind of a strange pick uh, this is Suspiria, the remake, 2018. I didn't like this movie, but I think it's higher than a 96. I think it was, although I personally found it really dull, it was an interesting take on uh, the original. It was like the complete opposite of what the original was. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I would have put it a little higher than 96. Yeah, that's interesting you I, say I that. Put this re- Go ahead. I put this really high. I really liked it. And, you know, I, I watched it three times in the one weekend. 
yeah uh, when it when it came out so yeah, yeah I, I really I, like that one i have not been able to go back to it yeah liking it and it being good can be two different things and um i can say that i thought it was good and i liked it if i had no knowledge of the original suspiria i would have said wow this was interesting and maybe a little long but um but this is a good movie so I, I will I will say quite honestly it's on the it's on the list I I wrote a list of about fifteen th- that uh, when I looked on the Rotten Tomatoes list they're all on here except for Terrified the uh, Argentinian movie from twenty eighteen uh, yeah Aterados. yeah that's on mine as well yeah that one is that's an amazingly good movie I rewatched it today which I didn't mention in my recently watched because it more fell into this category. But, uh, no, Will, you're right. It's, it's like that one was ambitious and it was bold to, to go the opposite on a lot of things. Like I remember when we talked about it, I said, why the hell was the color palette so drab? And, uh, Will, I think you pointed it out that maybe that was deliberate to go opposite of the original Argento film and just say, (laughs) you know what, let's not, let's not lean into that that brilliant lighting and the brilliant color palette. Let's just do the opposite of it and let the movie do the heavy lifting, uh, in absence of something it's known for. So I think that's, it's really, it's really fair to say nod to it, even if you didn't like it, or maybe you liked it and didn't think it was good, or maybe you thought it was good and didn't like it. (laughs) It's crazy, but the choreography was was good. The costuming was good. Uh, the casting was amazing. But uh, Jolien, what did you like about it? Do you want to say more about it? Oh yeah, I, I liked all of that, and it's got it's just got layers and layers and layers. You just every time you watch it, there's uh, and you can just follow character arcs of particular characters. You know, say, oh, the, this is why this happens. You know. Uh, that's the meaning of this scene. Um, yeah, and like the the more you uh, read up about it, like all the uh, uh, the feminist theory and the occult patterns and uh, various visual motifs in there, uh, yeah, you, you just get something new out of it every time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Go- Next on the list that I noticed uh, uh, one that stood out to me one Jolien recommended to us and we did an episode on it uh, Anna and the Apocalypse also 2018 oh yeah oh yeah, yeah. rom musical Christmas musical oh yeah yes so uh, a lot of fun that movie a lot of fun yeah that one was such an un- unexpected uh, joy. It was, <laughs> I mean, you, you're kind of, you're kind of uh, bracing yourself for something much less than what you got. And it, it exceeded expectations, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It was really a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, a lot better than, yeah, it had any right to be, uh, coming up next on the list. I see here, uh, at number 74, these are kind of rated by uh, Rotten Tomatoes, you know, 
metric there. So coming in at 81%. But this is Troll Hunter yep. from 2011. Oh, yeah. uh, yes. Yeah, I've seen this one for me. a couple times. This is maybe two or three times now. And it's fantastic. It's funny. It's, it looks great. I mean, the trolls are obviously CG, but they look pretty good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I definitely put that one up there. Maybe definitely higher than, you know, 71. Yeah, we, uh, we did an episode on this one, and we all loved it. I remember that clearly, and it's on my list as well. Yeah. Yep. Uh, top, top 10 for me. Excellent. Next on the I, list. I thought. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, uh, I think found footage really peaked this decade, and uh, uh, I I don't think we're going to see many completely found footage ones, uh, you know, outside of the director streaming efforts. Um, but it's yeah. it's become incorporated into films in in various uh, interesting ways. Yeah, yeah, but not the whole film, thank God. So that, that's a trend that. Uh, Ooh, I don't know. Uh, blame it on Blair Witch. <laughs> so, um, scrolling down the list, Will, I noticed that there were two of them that uh, I didn't put them on my list, but I did notice them as good films were um, <laughs> good in different ways. Uh, Willow Creek from 2014. This is Bobcat Goldthwaite's um, uh, directed film where he's doing a found footage uh, about a couple of people who go into the the forest where the Patterson Gimlin film was filmed, and they're kind of looking for Bigfoot. And this is like, uh, like Blair Witch Project with Sasquatch in it. <laughs> I guess, for lack of a better way to put it, uh, I think somebody said that in the description. Uh, that one was good. And I think a lot of people uh, didn't like it on first viewing, might want to look at it again. But uh, I think it's worth mentioning. It's not on my list of like top 15 or top 20, but uh, it's it's a good one. And you're next. Did uh, neither one of you uh, like that one at we all? Did, we did an episode on that one. I didn't care for your next. Okay. All right. So go on. Top 10 for me. Oh, is it? Okay. Um, it's not on my top 10, top 15, but, uh, I, I made a list of about 15, but, uh, I, I want to watch it again and see if, if I might change my mind. I was, I was delighted by it. Yeah. It's, it starts out, you think it's going to be a home invasion film and I wasn't looking forward to it, but then it turns into this kind of old dark house mystery with this kick-ass woman in it. It's, it's really fun. Yeah. And you don't expect there to be an uh, inside job sort of element to it. And that's not a big spoiler to say, but, uh, mm. you know, but I would say give it a watch if you haven't. So, Will, go ahead. Uh, what's the next thing you notice on scrolling? Maybe I don't remember your neck. Huh. What uh, was? It's a dinner party for a family. And there's a, uh, a girlfriend of one of the sons who um, seems a little odd. Okay. I've not seen this. Oh, that's odd. I take it back. I've not seen your net. <laughs> well, let's put that on your to-watch list for the new year. <laughs> I thought it was about the yeah. English uh, couple that moved to Scotland and mm. they were terrorized by the 
Oh, you thinking of blood? Oh, the pigs. You thinking of <laughs> yeah. blood? You thinking of Bloodland? Ah, uh, yeah. You hated Bloodland. that. You hated that one so bad. <laughs> Con- to the country. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If yeah, let let me know if you can't find your next because I got a copy I can lend to you. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'll check this one out then. I'm sorry. I take that back. Okay. Next on the list, one that I did see. Uh, Spring 2015. Yeah. This is an yes, odd little film with Jeremy Gardner in it. And I, uh, I don't want to give it away, but an Italian lady who's not all that she seems or more. Yep. Uh, more than she seems. I remember really liking this one. Right. Yeah. And uh, for listeners who, rem- yeah. who remember um, the battery and, uh, oh, what was the, what was the other one we watched from them? Uh, anyway, it's, uh, uh, yeah, we just watched one and now I can't think of it. Yeah. Name. It was a few months ago, but anyway, uh, the writer director of the battery is, is, uh, is one of the, uh, actors in this Jeremy Gardner, but, uh, the guy with the beard. <laughs> so yeah, watch spring. If you Bye. haven't, it's so good. 2015. Okay. Uh, any more to say about that one before we scroll on? Uh, not really. I just I remember it being a a, a good movie. All right, I'm uh, I'm guessing you're going to scroll past Ouija the Ouijaing. Yeah, if you want to talk about those, I've not seen Ouija. No. Uh, I'm all the way down to number fifty now. Okay. Uh, which is the autopsy of Jane Doe. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I know you both really like this. I was less enthused on this, um, though I cannot remember why at this point. Um, to yeah, that's, that's another top ten for me. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I think the, the ending let it down a bit, but uh, I thought it was really Yeah, yeah that's so. what I'm thinking. I, I seem to remember it was like I didn't care for the ending, but I liked the setup. Yeah. But the ending derailed it enough for me that I, I, you know, ended up going to the camp of, I don't like that. I didn't care for that. Well, but, it's on my list as but well. otherwise, interesting. Yeah, and it looks great. And it's, it's, all, it's pretty much all on one small set. Uh, I mean, there's a little bit of location filming, but it's, it's mostly in one set. And... It it looks good. It it builds it builds the tension quite well, and uh, it really does kind of throw you a curveball. I think uh, that yeah, it's on my list as well. So yeah. Uh, then okay, go ahead. Then dropping down to number thirty-eight. This is another movie that I don't think was successful in in what it set out to say in the story it was trying to tell. Um, but this one I enjoyed a little more than uh, Autopsy of Jane Diff. This is Devil's Candy from 2017. Yeah. Now, if this could just be the trailer that I saw for it, uh, it'd be like number one because the trailer was just, it was like Mandy. When you saw the trailer of Mandy, you were like, holy fuck, this movie is going to be the best. Yeah, uh, yeah. Unfortunately, I think the devil's candy is a little weak in story. It's not quite clear 
uh, what the, it's kind of muddled on what the evil is. Is it just the devil? Is it the crazy fat guy? Uh, is it both? Is it the house? It's a little muddled, but, uh, but a good, a good, uh, pretty good horror movie, I'd say. Now, uh, now, uh, that, and that one is, um, kind of an honorary mention on my list, but, uh, I did notice that we scrolled past Rare Exports and Bone Tomahawk. Did you watch? Yeah, I was, you... was going to point those out. Uh, Rare Exports was okay. Is it uh, horror? Can you say it's horror? Yeah, I'd say it's horror. Okay. You know, if somebody's going to throw in that, uh, Krampus movie that we all went to a few years ago as horror. Yeah. Rare Exports is definitely horror. And I've still not gotten around to watching Bone Tom Hawk, oh. despite everybody saying it's great. Oh, well. Yeah, I think you'll enjoy the, um, if for nothing else, the aspects of a well made Western. But then you throw in this horrifying um, <laughs> <laughs> aspect of it. Oh, boy. yeah oh boy does it really go places you don't expect a western to go um is it a spoiler to say what the uh don't say it okay i don't don't don't. i'll say nothing will please watch this movie i think you'll enjoy it (laughs) all right so you're next and uh bone tomahawk yeah oh yeah yeah so yeah devil's candy definitely I, i gotta say you're right this is this is a good one that you're wondering, did it land in the ways it tried to? But was it just that good anyway? Yeah, for sure. Uh, where do you go to next? Uh, next, I see uh, on the list is actually one that I would rate maybe number one for me. It's uh, definitely top five. Uh, I'm not going to go ahead and organize these for anyone but no. under the skin this is coming in number oh, 32 yeah. under the skin was fantastic oh yeah uh i've watched this movie several times it is yep. so weird uh so different <laughs> just really really good and some unconventional filmmaking the way they did some stuff yeah. live in person and didn't tell <laughs> didn't tell the rubes that were in the scenes i mean yeah it's it's gorgeous and it's tragic yeah, yeah this one it's on my list as well it's it, it was such this an un- a, unexpected find this is top three for me awesome yeah <laughs> i'm with you <laughs> yeah i think uh, this and it's is- probably my favorite sounds probably my favorite soundtrack Oh, well, one of my favorite soundtracks ever, uh, Mika Levy. It's great. Yeah. So eerie. Yeah, and you could call it science fiction, but it's really, you know, where the supposed human element is concerned, it's horror. It's absolute horror when you look at who we are. And yeah, never mind the, mot- would... yeah, the motivations of someone from another world don't matter when we look at ourselves as being just <laughs> what we are. Yeah, it's it's beautiful and it's tragic and you must see it if you haven't. Yeah. That's from that's from 2014 and how 2014. Have, yeah, how have you not watched it yet, people? Must see it. Just fantastic. Uh 
Yeah. Fantastic film. I don't usually rewatch things, and I think we rewatched it like back to back nights. So, <laughs> yeah. Definitely, you know, a recommend for me. Coming in next, uh, which they rate uh, one higher, is Let Me In, which is the remake of. Uh, Let the Right One In. Let the Right One In, yeah. <clears throat> Uh, I thought this was a fairly successful film. I don't know that I'd classify this in a top, certainly not top 10, maybe top 20 of the decade, but uh, a well-done remake. Yeah. Um, I remember there were a couple little parts that were a little, I thought were a little stumbly, kind of mm, uh, the time jumping I I found uh, a little troubling, but that's just me because I don't like that. You know, let's jump back. Uh, Miz and Rez, uh plot telling device. Uh, I find it really overused, but uh, yeah, a good remake and set in New Mexico. Yeah, and we we had talked about this one. I think did, did we do original versus remake episode on this one? I believe so. Yeah, and the uh, original I don't know came out in the in the right time frame. No, uh, I believe it was no. in the previous decade. So I didn't mention it, but uh, no, it was earlier. No. You're right. It was, it was the previous decade, but you have to say about this one is they could have done a lot worse and, and it was very competent and it was very, um, uh, right minded. I think they were just saying, all right, if, if we're going to do this for, if we're going to do this for an English speaking audience, who's going to not watch a foreign film, let's do it really well. Uh, I have no qualms with it. I wouldn't know different if I had never seen the original, just like people had not seen La Femme Nikita, <laughs> you know, like there's a lot of foreign films that people wouldn't go out for. And then they see the remake and then turn back around. Um, that being said, I think the original is better. But this one does a good job. It really does. I agree. Um, there, there's, <laughs> there's another one that's one down on the list, number thirty. It's kind of, a, yeah, kind of a reimagining. <laughs> Will is, tw- is Halloween twenty eighteen on your list? No, no. <laughs> okay. There are no more Halloween. <laughs> You're just over no it. No more Frankenstein. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Uh, listen, I, I'm going to say that, um, that I didn't hate it. It's, it's on my list of like top 15 or 20 of the, of the decade only because I wanted it so bad. And I love having Michael Myers back. Um, was it too much fan service? Absolutely. I don't want to spend too much time on it, but, uh, go ahead. Keep making Halloweens. Keep making Friday the 13th. I don't care. Just do it. Um, What's next on your scrolling? Uh, next coming up was, I don't know, the one that uh, I would put on a top ten list or whatever, top whatever list you're making. Uh, neither of you liked this film, but I kind of liked it because it was so schlocky. Uh, don't Breathe, 2016. <laughs> There's a couple of people who break into a blind veteran's house. Mm-hmm. And he proceeds to dispatch them. Um, if it was just that, I don't know that I'd really like it. Uh, but at the end, it goes to such a gross 
schlocky, awful place that uh, yes. <laughs> that I think I have to go with it because I am the one who liked the film Mother's Day and In Trails of a Beautiful Woman, and I love some schlocky, <laughs> awful stuff sometimes that I can't explain why. <laughs> but uh, yeah, don't breathe. Yeah, Again, I like that I'm, one. Okay. I think my, my favorite, uh, you know, when you're picking top films of the decade, it's always like quality stuff, like stuff that really moved you and it's like interesting and uh, inventive. But then uh, you think back and think, what was the what was the schlocky movie that just really thoroughly entertained you? Uh, yeah. Uh, and I'm, yes, this is exactly that. Yeah. I remember being actually on the edge of my seat i know people say that it's a cliche but i remember being really tense watching this film but having a hell of a good time doing it yeah uh, awesome. occasionally yeah. you watch a film and ooh, it's real ooh, ooh, oh my god i i can't watch it almost <laughs> it's it's too uh too tense and i'm not having fun with it but this was just like oh my god it's it's stupid it's schlocky yeah uh yeah yeah, for uh, me, I, uh, it was uh, Piranha 3D. It was just <laughs> yeah, yeah. apologetic junk. It was great. Yeah. So well done. Uh, next up at 23, which I would put, uh, this one would come in just behind Under the Skin, maybe Knack and Knack, uh, Train to Busan, 2016. Oh, yeah. Yep. This, yeah. this made the, the zombie genre really which is really stale. Uh, they did it. They did a really good job. Yeah. Just, just uh, yeah, when you, just when you gave zombie up. Move, zombie movie of the decade. For sure. Yeah. 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 Just, just when you gave uh, up on it. That's this one. Like said, no, we're not done yet. <laughs> yeah. Put put him <laughs> on a train. Uh, <laughs> just a great idea. Uh, just fantastic. Fantastic film. I really like that one. Uh, I'd probably put, I don't think it comes up on the list, but the, uh, oh, now I can't remember the name. One Shot. Uh, oh, yeah, One Shot of the Dead. Yes, One Shot of the, the Dead. The Japanese one. Yeah. Yes. yeah. I would add that as the, as the, as the other really good uh, uh, zombie film, although that one suffers because it's, it's set up. Uh, it's really fun to watch the first time. Uh, yes. I don't know how it would hold up. I watched it a couple times, actually, so it holds up pretty well. But it could get repetitive. It could be once you blow the little... Uh, uh, the gimmick. Twist. Yeah. The gimmick. Once that's exposed, you may not want to go back to it. But the, the gimmick mm -hmm. was one of the best I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. Uh, moving down, which uh, one that I'm really glad is on here is The Love Witch at 21. Mm. So you enjoyed uh, this one. I really like that film. I'm not sure that I'd include it on a top 10, but uh, I'm, I'm glad it's coming in at 21. It was different enough. Yes. Um, here's one that uh, you both like that I'm just going to mention it because I know you both liked it and I absolutely hated it. Uh, coming in at number 17, also from 2016, at 91%, Green Room. Oh, okay. This is, this is Patrick Stewart as a Nazi out in the woods. 
fighting yes. a punk band. Yes. Uh, this was the opposite of the of the schlocky fun I had in Don't Breathe. This was too tense for me, and I just felt like I didn't care for the characters on either side, and just wanted to get away from the whole thing. Yeah, okay. That, that's fair. Um, it's not a believable scenario, because uh, I think if you know what's good for you and have a, a decent... Uh, well, if you have an instinct for self-preservation, once you realize you're being led out in the woods to a Nazi compound... You're, you should be wanting to get the hell out of there before you even unload your gear uh, because it's not going to work. But then if you're going to thumb your nose at them, expect to get beat up or killed or beat up then killed. So that part of it wasn't believable to me, but it was at the time, at least I enjoyed it and uh, might want to give it a rewatch. You know, there's plenty of movies that don't hold up to a rewatch. And some that do. Uh, I noticed conspicuously, Will, that uh, the next one's scrolling down. Or, um, Jolien, did you want to say more about Green Room before? No, 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 no. Okay, so the next one. I, I've, I've not, I've not seen it again, but uh, I, I can't see myself seeing it again. But it was, it was a good thriller. Yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not motivated to watch it again either. But I might at some point. Um, I noticed the next one down the list is Midsummer. Yes. From, from 2019. Is that, is that going to be where you were going to stop next? Uh, yes, definitely. Uh, Talk about that one. I love this movie. This movie's fantastic. This would be in the top five. Cool. Scrolling uh, down, we'll go a little faster. Uh, there's you- Mandy coming in at number 12. Um, this was, uh, I was a little let down with Mandy. Um, it might be uh, fun to revisit at some point. Uh, I think I overhyped myself a little bit, and then when it when I saw it, it I was let down. But that's my fault. Um, did you feel like you went on a really crazy ride, though, when we went and, we went and saw this one at, uh, at the theater? And... Uh, did it, mm-hmm. did it feel like just the craziest thing you stuck in your eye holes in a while? Uh, yeah, but it was, I was still let down. It was not crazy enough. Okay. <laughs> uh, I can't think of much crazier than this, except maybe color out of space. <laughs> no, this was crazy. How about let the corpses tan? That was bananas that was that's crazier than mandy you're right you're right that that's true (laughs) and i was i was thoroughly and you know enthused the entire time watching let the corpses pan uh i think mandy could have pushed it a little more um i didn't care for his other film uh, black rainbow though i i couldn't even get through it uh so maybe he was restrained enough Maybe, you know, this is a good thing. He was a bit restrained in Mandy, if you could say such a thing. Yeah. Um, Jolien, did you want to say more about Mandy? No, it was a great experience at the theater with the sound and the, you know, the right lighting and everything. It was a great experience, but I've not, you know, I've not felt a need to watch it since. Right. 
Um, Will, I imagine you're going to roll right past it. 2017. Should I like that film? Go back and listen to the episode, please. Cause man, I love that film. Yeah. Uh, that was probably the worst of the decade. Yeah. That's, that's pretty low down for you, isn't it? Uh, it is. I, I gotta say though, in keeping the genre alive and keeping it relevant, I'm glad that filmmakers are like, hey, what thing are we going to remake? What are we going to tackle? If they're going to do that, do do this one. Do something like it and take your chances. Go ahead because the other one was made for TV and it was dated and this one is made for made for the theater and it's 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 current. I see you shaking your head, but I'm just going to say I It's garbage. It's a waste of time. <laughs> Money, resources, uh, like seven hours, I'll never get back. It's not on my list. It's not on my top, it's not even on my top 15 or 20, whatever. I, I've added some to this list. I think it's around 17 or 18. It's not on my list because I also thought, you know what? We didn't need this. It, it wasn't necessary, but I'm glad they did it. I really am because... Like, look at how much Ziggy loved it. You know, young horror, young horror fans gravitated to it. And a younger audience and a audience that really was enthusiastic about the first one went for it. So is this going to help other projects get made? Is it going to help people think horror is a thing that matters, that it's relevant? I think so. And for that, for that bunch of reasons, I say, good, I'm glad you did it. <laughs> Maybe I'm too forgiving. Oh. <laughs> hey, I'm a middle child. I mean, this kind of this kind of thing is like, ah, hey, you know, it's cool. Ah, <laughs> uh, terrible. Uh, <laughs> scrolling down, I'm going to skip number eight for now. Okay. Uh, well, this is this is my top pick of the decade. Yes, put a pin in uh, that one. So I agree mostly with the rest of these uh, coming in in the top ten. Uh, with the exception of, of two of them. Uh, I've not seen Cabin in the Woods for some reason. Okay. Uh, I need to, but It Follows uh, yep. was fantastic film. Another one that I watched a couple times. Yeah. Uh, um, looked great. Uh, just just really good uh, horror film. Interesting story. Kind of a throwback to the... To the sort of 80s slasher monster film, but not really, just in that, you know, kids have to go up against some horrible, horrible thing. Um, I think Jolien pointed out that it felt like you were in Haddonfield when you're going through that neighborhood. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, and, and that was like, for whatever for whatever reason they were able to capture that, it really made it feel like, ooh, I'm, I'm on board. Like right away, like I'm, I'm, I'm with you. What do you, whatever you want to do, do it. <laughs> but I love, yeah. I love this one too. Uh, coming in next at number five is Hereditary. Uh, I think I'd put Midsummer above this, but that's just me. Okay. Um, this was a fantastic film uh, with some really good twists. Uh, this is one that. Uh, 
has done the new thing. Uh, maybe it's always, but it seems to be new. Um, uh, trend of, of casting family drama, domestic drama in as the horror too, and not just uh, something that the horror is affecting. Um, I think Mike Flanagan tries to do this in his films and is not as successful. Okay. Uh, next is one. I don't know if either of you want to talk about anything about Hereditary. It's it's a must see. I mean, it's it's also uh, Ari Aster, who did Midsummer. You know, yeah. Same director with two very different forums that these things are happening in. Uh, yes, but they are so. There's so many elements that are in both of them. And yet yeah. they're mixed completely differently. Yeah. No, you're right. Which I really like. Uh, he's probably my... Uh, he's definitely the top three. I don't know if he's my favorite of the decade, but he is definitely one I am excited to see whatever he comes up with next. Yeah. Because we're going to talk about Robert Eggers here in, in, in a minute, but... Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Joe- uh, next, they have the Babadook, which... I didn't care for. Okay. Moving on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then they have Us, which I really, really enjoyed Us. Um, that's one of those films that uh-huh. while you're in the moment, it makes sense and it, it makes sense in a movie logic. But once you get out of the theater, you kind of think, hey, wait, how did that happen? Why did that happen? Uh, which I think maybe... I don't know if I could cast it in the top five. I would definitely put it in the top ten. Um, and I definitely, I, I think I need to revisit it, but I really enjoyed it the first time we watched it. Uh, did it benefit greatly from Get Out? Was it riding on its coattails? Would it have gotten, would have would it have gotten the traction it did without Get Out? I don't think it would have gotten as much, but I think that it stands up on its own as a horror film. Uh, so much so that if it had been his first film, I think it's different enough that it would have made him stand out. Okay. Uh, he is also, Jordan Peele, being the director, is also someone I'm really excited to see what happens back. Oh, yeah. Yeah, his his uh, his producing Twilight Zone and, and doing the... Uh, the Rod Serling uh, hosting duties at the beginning of the episodes is great. Um, this is a fun side project, obviously, but I want to see the next feature length and see where is, is this just by chance? Go ahead and read the comments sometime. If you want to see, see how mean and stupid people can be, but uh, there are people never read the comments. Yeah, I don't, I really don't. But once in a while I accidentally, peek at them and i've i've seen people bad-mouthing him like he's oh he's overrated he's not that good okay then who is you know the other people who are (laughs) like surrounding him as other great directors robert eggers ari aster i mean (laughs) how far down the list is he for you mr commentator whatever but uh will um well before before moving on uh, Jolien, did you feel like the Babadook was just a lot of hype and kind of overrated, or did you, screaming kid aside, did you enjoy it at all? Uh, no, 
Okay. <laughs> yeah, it was. Should have left. <laughs> Should have left it a short. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> how, how yeah, about... it should have been a short, and I, I also, I also had the feeling all the way through that this was a, a, a movie about something else that they tacked on a horror thing to to get it distributed around festivals. Mm. Because if you said, uh, oh, this is a movie about a woman who's struggling to take care of her kid who screams all the time, no one would see it. <laughs> but uh, it's, it's got this kind of uh, uh, Freddy Krueger thing tacked on in it, and uh, I, it didn't work at all for me. Okay. And, and, uh, and apart, from, apart from the kid, and that just... Oh, <laughs> I didn't want to be seeing it the first time around. Right. Well, I say that because it was a short, which I've not seen. Um, so, did you want to say anything more about us before moving on to a couple other? Uh, yeah, loved it. It's really excellent filmmaking. Uh, if just the sound design of the opening scene at the fairground is awesome. Uh, it's, it's wildly ambitious. It's like the throwing everything at the wall as opposed to like the focus of uh, Get Out. Right. Uh, yeah. But yeah, loved it. Is it, that's. Uh, those are my top two. Get out and us. Oh, great! Oh, fantastic! Great. Uh, uh, number two on their list, uh, not on mine, uh, though. I I enjoyed it. Uh, a quiet place. I don't know if either of you want to say anything about this. Uh, I thought it was a little more gimmicky than than uh, deserving of a, a, a second place. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it didn't didn't make sense. Yeah. No, it would. It didn't make sense, even in movie logic. It didn't make sense, unlike yeah, even us. Its internal logic was off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, why didn't they just live at the waterfall? Right. Yeah. Why are you having a baby? Yeah. <sighs> yeah. The conceit. Yeah. yeah. The conceit of the movie uh, that you just have to be quiet all the time, or shit's going to go sideways, and not everyone gets on board with the gravity of that situation, even though they're old enough to know better. It just, it's, it, yeah, it didn't work for me. I kind of felt like if anything, this one got more hype than it deserved. Yeah. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's not even on that my, my said watching it though. Although I had those questions, even while I was watching, I was entertained by it. It's entertaining and there is good tension. Sure. You know, and when she steps on a nail is, one of the best scenes I've seen, which is kind of sad being stuck in this movie. That's a stupid gimmick. Uh, <laughs> Satan's hand possessing people. Uh, <laughs> right. uh, and then we're, we're at number one. This is not my number one. Uh, their number one. I'll tell you mine in just a second, but their number one is get out 2017. Uh, this is, is a fantastic film. Um, definitely my top five. Uh, it gets a little fuzzy with the uh, midsummer and get out and all this, uh, uh, you know, um, and under the skin, I'm not quite sure what comes in where, uh, but they're all in the top five, we'll say. Right. Uh, and, uh, if you, either of you want to anything about it yeah i love it that's not that's my number one great really uh, uh restored my uh, faith in horror movies yes yes 
uh, and again, this was one that I was really excited to see, and it held up. Yeah. 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 It's and it's not just social commentary; it's actual horror too, which is great because sometimes, you know, you get that to to mention Twilight Zone again. You get that morality play uh, where it's like, you see, we're all just robots after all or whatever, you know, the, whatever the episode <laughs> says. And I'm not bagging on Twilight Zone because it's one of my favorite things ever in, in um, television. Uh, but I think this one really delivered true horror elements as well as good social commentary. And, uh, and not just like, hey, look at the right-wingers and how evil and bad they are. But it actually says, hey, lefties, you know, you're not so clean either. So, uh, and of course, many, many other layers I'm not talking about. But this one is, I don't have anything in in any particular order, but this is definitely, if I were to say top five, top ten, this is somewhere, somewhere near number one for the decade. I think that's important you pointing out that it has many layers and I think that's why it works. Yeah. If it had just been a social commentary, it wouldn't have worked. If it had just been horror, it wouldn't have worked. But uh, mm-hmm. Jordan Peele has really masterfully laid those together and, yeah. uh, and has made a movie that's just, it's, it really held up. It was fantastic. I need to revisit it. And we've said, um, and we've said it before that, you know, Comedic timing and horror timing are pretty close to identical. Like for one thing, yeah. for one thing to work, it's a setup. It's a gag. You know, it. You know, you've got the the setup and the knockdown. And uh, if you do it right, it, it's awesome. And if you do it wrong, uh, because to to mention this again, and I know I mentioned it when we talked about the episode, when we talked about it on the episode, in Get Out, there's a part where the maid walks past the end of the hallway and there's just a one violin strike and it is a jump scare for no good reason other than the timing was perfect. (laughs) (laughs) That stands out better than anybody whacking somebody with something and blood going everywhere. This, I mean, things like that. It's, it just tells you that someone really knows what they're doing and really cares about it. And that's Jordan Peele for sure. Um, Definitely. So we're left with my number one, which is The Witch, 2016. Oh, yeah. Robert Eggers. Uh, this film is on another level. Yeah. I can't get <laughs> over how good this movie was. Yeah. Make And it made me... I, I can't say that it scared me in Witches. But it made witches a threat again. Yeah. It made me feel a fear of a people in a different time, or what I would imagine their fear would be, of of this witch out in the woods who grinds up babies. I'm not giving anything away. That's the first movie. Just... this is a movie on a level of like Kubrick and the, in the insane amount of detail they put into it to make this world real. And they succeeded. If they had cheaped out, if the kids spoke, you know, modern day English or even, you know, uh, a 
ham-fisted Stanley Thor-esque Shakespearean speech or something, it would have derailed the whole thing. Right. If, you know, it could have gone off the rails at any moment, but Eggers' uh, attention to detail, I think, just really, really paid off. It sold it completely, yeah. Yeah, the buildings, the costumes, the language, everything was carefully detailed by Robert Eggers, personally. And, yeah, and I'm going to give your own words back to you, and, and this is not from any notes I've taken or any recent rewatch or re-listens to our old episode, but we saw this in 2016, and one of the things you said on our episode was, you lose a good villain in a witch. Yeah. And, and for years, we've put up with these... These dippy hippie uh, new agey people saying, oh, well, Wicca is blah, blah, blah. No, just give us some evil hag in the woods for fuck's sake. <laughs> what are you doing? You know, I don't want you crystal worshiping dum-dums ruining exactly. something I good. I remember being terrified of witches as a child. Yeah, like, you know, whether it's accurate or not doesn't matter. Same thing, we've talked about it with voodoo. <laughs> with your wife a voodoo expert it's like yeah the movie voodoo stuff is spooky and crazy and the real stuff is is legit yeah (laughs) but you know when you go into the the super you know traditional spooky storytelling version of it it works better because it's scary but yeah we got our villain back yeah and, and, and fine, you know, I don't think there's a person alive who's not going to hear about, uh, you know, the benefits of uh, understanding uh, how, how Wicca is misunderstood and blah, blah, blah. No, man, that's cool. That's, that's the world you're living in with your crystals. But uh, let's talk about, you know, the evil, the evil hag in the woods. And, and Julian mentioned in that episode also that there was a low ceiling on most of the shots that gave a, a claustrophobic feeling that was barely perceptible while you're watching it. But there it mm-hmm. is. And it's super, super effective. Um, and, uh, a great building of dread. And, uh, we saw this at the theater and Holy crap. Like we were near some, some silly young women who were just like, what did you bring me to? <laughs> they were annoyed like there were a couple of girls that were annoyed that they were at a good movie yeah <laughs> i don't know what they thought they were going to but jolian i'm sure you got a lot to say about this one go ahead uh yeah i I'm, uh I, I think i like the lighthouse i enjoyed the lighthouse better I, I, they're both great movies yeah um i'm just more disposed towards that kind of sea tale that you get oh, okay. in uh, the lighthouse um, but, uh, yeah, I, I love both these movies, just amazing achievements, research and, uh, uh, integrity. For sure. That, that's probably the, the best word you can add to any description of this is integrity, that this, this is a filmmaker who cares a lot. Um, that being said, um, uh, I just want to point out, uh, real quick, uh, five films that they've left off yeah this list uh, oh yeah I've got, I've got a bunch too we all have them go ahead the lighthouse <laughs> yep is is one yeah uh uh killing of a sacred deer yeah. is another yeah uh 
Neon Demon uh, mm-hmm. is the third. Agree. Uh, two others that I don't think were were great and probably wouldn't make a top ten list, but I feel they shouldn't have been left out. Uh, one of them is Hush. Yes. I have, uh, which I have is that actually too. a Mike Flanagan film that I like. Yeah. So, uh, and the other one is one that's just, uh, for me, really stands out. I don't know if I could include it in the top ten. We've mentioned the hell out of it on the show, uh, but the battery. Um, Absolutely. Just because, as a, as a movie, uh, you know, it's a story, it's not much. But the story behind making the movie, or the fact that they made the movie for so little, uh, and it's so good just uh, really puts it over the top for me. Yeah. Totally agree. Jolien, uh, what do you have on your list of what they left out? Uh, Shin Godzilla, if you count that as a horror movie. Yeah. Wonderful. Um, I I found this this decade, uh, Japan kind of dropped out of the scene mostly, but that one's great. I found uh, Korean films uh, had had put in several good entries. Um, so, like uh, we've mentioned, Train to Busan. Uh, if you count uh, Handmaiden as a horror movie, that was fantastic. Uh, I don't I don't really count it as a horror movie, but it's a, it's a fantastic film. Uh, let's see, um, The Wailing. That's one of my top twenties. Yeah, well, I'm uh, not familiar with that. Amazing one. Korean film. Okay. Um, uh, so epic, epic stuff. Uh, let's see. Uh, not a good decade for slashes, but uh, <laughs> one I really, really liked was the Final Girls. Yeah. Uh, you know, slash movies are very meta these days. Um, they they have been met. They've always been meta, really, but uh, they start getting explicitly meta in like. I think Friday the 13th, six, they start talking about uh, if we were in a slash, maybe such and such would happen. And then Scream really like took it to extremes. Yeah. Uh, and the final girls manages to pull off a meta slasher movie, but it's really moving, uh, you know, involving. Um, let's see. Uh, uh, it was a great decade for art house horrors. We mentioned, uh, it was a decade where there's a really high percentage of films I've no interest in. There's like tons of garbage that just went straight to streaming that I've no interest in seeing. <laughs> they just look at them as horrible. They just like look like uh, home movies. Um, favorite vampire movie of the decade was uh, Only Lovers Left Alive. Yes. That's good, a, good. That, also Joy. on my list yeah, of overlooked. Yeah. Uh, I thought Terrified delivered on the promise of his title, uh, and it was really nice to see an Argentinian horror movie again after quite a long time. Yep. Uh, Un- Unfriended, I thought, was really clever. Uh, you know, it's one of several movies which is just takes place from the monitor of a computer, um, but really well done. Uh, as I mentioned, I thought, you know, I could see someone like Hitchcock do- doing something like that. Uh, it, you know, it's a gimmick, but it, it worked, worked really well and unfriended. Um, Oz Perkins did several good movies like Gretel and Hansel and uh, uh, really liked The Black Coast Daughter. I, I know Will wasn't that keen on that one. 
Um, but uh, I thought that was really good. Uh, the Color Out of Space, Richard Stanley came back. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Great looking movie. Uh, took it to disturbing places. Good adaptation. <laughs> uh, uh, Mother is just bonkers. Uh, <laughs> unique film. Um, great performances. Just really extreme wildness going on uh so yeah i really like that one as well but uh our and uh as far as horror comedies go what we do in the shadows yeah yeah that's when i left off that uh i i wasn't uh i wasn't going to see it until you two rec- recommended it um but uh, i loved it it was really fun yeah that was so good um is that is that uh, kind of it for what you feel they left out yeah. Yeah, I think um, <laughs> I think that uh, between the two of you, you've mentioned all of the ones that I feel they left out too. <laughs> so um, yeah, the biggest one for me, I would say, I agree with Will. Like the witch is, it's it's got to be number one. Um, I was so thrilled with the battery, and I, I recommend it all the time. And uh, and I do agree that uh, Neon Demon Hush. Uh, uh, Train to Busan. There, there, there's so many good ones that are that were that were just not what you normally think of as horror. Uh, but for me, um, Under the Skin, The Witch, The Battery, Autopsy of Jane Doe. There are just so many that were just unconventional or just a different take. And I feel like we benefited greatly from one of the best decades in horror in a long time. Like we've had some droughts before the past 10 years oh, were, yeah. were no drought and I'm so happy. <clears throat> so, yeah, you know, whatever, whatever people have to do to come back from uh, essentially a year off, you know, whether they spent it writing or, you know, getting all the production stuff ready. I don't know what's going to happen with having lost most of 2020 for um, things going forward. 2021 might be kind of lean, but I gotta hope that we're gonna see more like this, more different things, and here we are. I mean, we 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 had an embarrassment of riches to talk about. <laughs> That's what you want. Yes. So, uh, what are you guys looking forward to as far as uh, what's been announced? Um, Will, are you upset that they gave uh, Nosferatu? Candyman, yes, because that was going to come Candyman. out this year. Will, are you ups- what was I- are you are you upset that they gave Nosferatu to Rob Zombie? Did they? I'm fucking with you. No, they didn't. Did they? No. <laughs> 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 the look on All your right. face for just a second. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> All right. Can you imagine? <laughs> I'm excited now. <laughs> yeah. They were talking Robert Eggers, though, and then then nothing. I don't know what's going on, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know of much that's in production that that's got my curiosity. But uh, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm not really aware of what's what's out there, uh, or what's coming out, um, other than Candyman. Yeah, um, which may or may not be good. I don't know. Um, I feel like it's gotta be. So are you looking forward to a Halloween kills? 
No. <laughs> I am. No more Halloween. Oh man, you can't you can't bump Michael Myers off the list. No. What about Halloween five? <laughs> what about H two O? Oh wait, no, you're right. <laughs> no man, I'll, I'll give it I'll, I'll give it a chance. I'll make excuses. Yeah, I, I might stream it, but yeah. I'm not gonna go out to Alamo Draft House like we did for the for the last one. What if we get you real drunk? Uh, I don't <laughs> drink much. It's gonna be tough. Yeah. Although I don't drink much, so maybe it won't be. Yeah, maybe maybe you'll be a cheap date. <laughs> real cheap. Yeah. Oh well, guys. Uh, the, this is a. Uh, a lot of times we're at either an hour or 90 minutes and we're at about 90 minutes on this one. Is, is this a good place to wrap it up? Yeah, I think this is a good okay. uh, wrap up of the decade. Cool. I don't know who's choosing next. Um, that's a good question. I don't think it's back to me. The Jolian, is it your turn? Um, uh, I, I can point to something if you want, but okay. Yeah, yeah. Let's just uh, let's just start at Jolien and go clockwise. <laughs> okay. Right. Cool. Well, happy New Year. Happy New Year. All right. Happy New uh, Year to you. Okay. You're the bull. Yeah. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right, listeners. Thank you for listening. Okay.